you. I'm Kim. And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. We are totally feeling the zen in our lives right now, and that's exactly what today's guest, Linda, helps her clients achieve. Linda specializes in body-soul integration and opens the door into the psyche. So open your mind for our chat with Linda. Welcome, Linda. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. This is exciting. It sure is. We love having guests on here, especially guests that are like you. You have such a a powerful message to share. So why don't we go ahead and start with just maybe a little bit about your professional background? My professional background, I had, um, I was so fortunate to work with a mentor early, early in life. I was 29 when I signed up for this counseling training and it was a small group of students. So we got lots of attention. We ended up doing so much advanced counseling training in in even just the first year. And because I tend to rock the boat. So (laughs) he taught us about, you know, conflict management and how to challenge a client and how to work with what shows up. It was was so wonderful because shortly into the program, I just felt like, wow, this is my element. And the, the type of training that I took was integrative. So it's integrative clinical counseling, um, Rogerian style, which is so person-centered and and trust-oriented therapy, as well as Gestalt therapy, which is really it's the role plating is it's amazing the clarity that comes and focused-oriented therapy, which is a, a door. It's it's such a shamanic practice. It's a door into the psyche, door into the subconscious door into inner journeying. When I first started doing my counseling, I noticed that people would go into trance work so quickly. I trained into hypnotherapy to assist that. So that's my background. And and the interesting part of my work, my specialty is that a year into my first year of my therapeutic practice, so that was 22 years ago, no, 21 years ago that I started channeling. So I started bringing through uh, the communication from spirit. Initially, it was through journaling. And I, initially, it was really through my art, but I didn't know that. Sure. You know, I felt spirit around me, but initially it was like, I remember, and I write about that in, in my book. I, I write about how I was living in an attic apartment and I was going up the stairs and I literally thought that somebody was behind me. And I'm like, okay, there's spirit behind me. All right, all right. Okay, I was familiar with that, but then I got paper, pen, paper, pen. It's like, okay, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, what, what? And I'd write one word, painstakingly wait for the next. And this went on for a week. By the end of the week, I was like, whoa, 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 I can't keep up. Can't keep up. That's incredible. Wow. So incredible. A week later, when I was writing too quickly to really keep up with it, uh, that's when the spirits came through directly through my voice, and it was with a client of mine. And I have no idea why I knew to ask her if it was okay for me to communicate. I said, oh, the spirit wants to communicate directly to you. Is that okay? And she says, oh, yeah. Oh, it's like, okay. Because I would get messages and being intuitive, and she knew that. But this time, literally, the spirit spoke through me to her. And it lasted like a minute, you know, or something like that. And then after the session, she left, and I sat there going, what just happened? Oh my God. Oh my God. This is going to change everything. I freaked out. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Then it worked out and it took a number, it, it took a number of years to design an integration because I had a practice where I was doing counseling separately and the channeling separately. And I did integrated body work separately with energy healing. And I just, I just wore myself thin. Sure. When I would do the counseling, I'd feel like 
the spirits were there. And I'm like, no, you can't come through. This is a counseling session. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what an an amazing journey you've really been on. And one of the things that you just kind of talked about is this whole body-soul integration. So what exactly does that mean? That's really what my book is all about, Mystical Intimacy. And it's the marriage between our human nature and our our spirit. And a lot of people on a spiritual path refer to our human beingness as being like our spirit having a human experience. And I I love that, that with a twist, which is, yeah, our spirit is here having a human experience and our human is here having a spiritual emergence. And the two interconnected form such a symbiosis, such an alchemy. Uh, So for me, you know, the idea that this is all illusion or this is just a form that spirit is taking isn't satisfying because I think we've got this, this deep well, this deep cauldron of emotional experience that is so human. That so so many of us are trying to get beyond or trying to get past. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients come to me and apologize for being angry or jealous or you know any of those supposedly base emotions that we're not supposed to feel as spiritual people. Right. Sure. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, oh, I wonder what. I wonder what your anger is communicating. I wonder what source energy resides at the heart of frustration, jealousy, hurt, sorrow. Like, What's the soul communicating through that emotion? To me, there's just so much more than trying to uh, micromanage our emotions. To me, there's there's, a well of information and guidance. So body-centered therapy and the idea of body-soul integration has to do with really honoring that relationship with our human nature and knowing that our human nature is not the weak link here. That was a very powerful statement. I mean, Tara and I are definitely all into this. This is something that we, you're like feeding our soul right now, right? definitely. (laughs) But for people that maybe haven't quite gotten to this point yet. How do you segue people into being more in tune with themselves? I think it has to do with their desire to be in tune with themselves. If somebody doesn't have the desire or the propulsion, I'm not on their path. Yeah. What's on their path then? If they don't have a desire, people don't have the desire to really connect in with themselves. They're going to meet up with obstacles. They're going to meet up with challenges that, force them back to themselves. So in, let's say in a relationship, if one spouse doesn't want to inquire, doesn't want to journey back to their experience, then they're not going to want to take responsibility for their conditioned behavior. Mm-hmm. They're not even going to want to see the conditioned behavior, but the conditioned behavior nevertheless has an effect on their lives, has an yes. effect on their spouse, right. on their children, on their families. Where I come in is when people start to look at that or people that like you that have, that are drawn to this. But when people start to look at like, oh, wait a minute, there's something in the way here yeah. of me having a, f- a fulfilled life and people start to question that in themselves and they see well, well, it's not just my wife or my husband or my partner or my friend that's telling me this now it's my co-workers or it's life is reflecting back and you know they start questioning i think for us like we're recognizing you know being your authentic unapologetic self has 
endless benefits, right? I mean, endless possibilities even. Yes, yes. But for other people that maybe haven't quite recognized the power of being their authentic selves, what do you think are the benefits to becoming your whole self? For me personally, the benefit of that is that I started a path of inquiry so early in life. I started to really look at my behavior, look at my actions, look how people were treating me, going, oh, I wonder what belief I have that's reflected in how they're treating me. And I I picked up the book called um, Living in the Light by Shakti Gwain, which was my little Bible for a while. And it brought me into a profound connection with someone. It opened up a friendship with someone. I'm going to call him my soulmate. It's not, he's not my husband, not my partner. But he's the man that became a soul companion, just like the two of you are companions on this path, makes such a difference. But that commitment to be authentic, commitment to be true to myself, committing to be a clear conduit for source energy to move through me, brought me to that friendship, which has been a lifeline for me my whole life. And it also, it opened up this path. It opened up so, oh, I want to say this about authenticity. Benefit is connections. The kind of relationships that you can have are so much more real, so much more fulfilling. I hear that. We've even recognized like um, from our podcast, we sort of recognize this through several of our guests that at this point, like we've made such deep connections with people. It's crazy that you can do that, especially, I mean, we're all, I know it's COVID, but regardless, a lot of these people were across the country, we're across the world from each other. So of course, we're going to be doing this over technology. And these deep connections that you've made with these other human beings elsewhere are feeding Tara and I. And I can only imagine other people as they as they start taking that deep dive into themselves, like feeling that fulfillment, feeling that you are enough. Like that, that is a real thing. That's a yeah. real feeling. <laughs> oh, oh, that's perfect. You're enough. That's it, isn't it? I think when we're, when we're really embodying our authenticity, we're embodying our soul selves. We're embodying our complexities. So we don't have to be just one expression that we think is viable or acceptable or we think is measures up to this idealized version of who we are. Yeah. The authentic self mm-hmm. is not the idealized version. Yeah. You know, we can, I, there's times that I feel crummy. You know, I have some clients that talk to me about feeling depressed. And I'm like, yeah, I know what that feels like. They talk to me about these, these shadow aspects of themselves and I, I'm not above them. You know, I, I, I have mornings where I wake up like, I have to get up. It's like, what? I have a good life. I love what I do. What do you mean you don't want to get up? No, not today. Because the life's world's in chaos. And then there's, I have moments where I just want to close the blinds, close everything. And in that, and, and how can I, how can we be with that? How can be honoring of that, of everything? I think being authentic means we open the door and we let in the gremlins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just feel all the feelings because they're not always great. It's not always rainbows and sunshine. No, they're not. And emotions are uncomfortable. I think they're particularly, I think what makes emotions really uncomfortable is the closer and closer and closer and closer we get to them. The closer we get to source energy, the closer we get to energy, which is intense. You know, when you stop the mind, when when you stop evaluating the emotions and you 
and you're with them. You're you're with such depth of experience. You're you're, you're with. It's so hard to put words. In. I it, know. The, yeah. My 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 work, my path, my life, my book, my art, my relationships, are all about making more room for all those feelings. Uh, making room for thoughts, making room for judgments, making room for the discomfort, making room for the edge of discomfort so that we become at ease with it. And that way we're not constantly reacting or guarding or going into that survival mechanism that we so do. The survival mechanism isn't on our, our authenticity. It's it's what's how what we're trained, how we're trained to behave. And yeah. it's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. I see so many people operating that way. You you see so many people operating out of that ping pong reaction survival yeah. I think being authentic means stepping forward into the frontal lobe of the brain stepping into consciousness you know con- conscious awareness uh, one question too that I have for you is out of the clients that you see do you see like from the time that you start working with them and by the time that maybe they have come into their own right do you see a drastic change in each of them do they see a drastic change in themselves it depends who, it depends what they're working through. Some people I do. Some people I, I'm just a, a way sure for a while, you know. And some people I, bec- I we do a therapeutic process and then we go into spiritual mentoring. It, it shifts and changes. Mm-hmm. And then we go back into a therapeutic process because maybe something has triggered them. So, oh, this is something a, a mentor taught me many years ago. The path of growth, the path of evolution is so not linear. We might evolve spiritually. So think of it as a spiral, we might evolve spiritually, but then something will take us back physically. Maybe a washing machine breaks, the kitchen, the, 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 our whole apartment gets flooded. And next thing we have to move, I mean, I've got a friend of mine that had to do that just recently. And then so her spiritual growth, her, she was finally in a place of more acceptance in her life and then poof. So now we take that spiritual growth and we bring it into that challenge. And now she starts to have more of a sense of you know, emotional balance. That starts to move her forward. And there may be something else that takes her back. Maybe a, a challenge at work where she has to learn something that's new and it has to deal with the insecurity that comes when you don't know something. You know, and that'll right. take you back. So I get to see that. I get to see spirals in people's lives. And then I get to see them bring more awareness to those next chapters in their lives. And I get to see that's the change. That's it. It's the awareness that they bring to it. And then the questions they start asking that they wouldn't have asked at the beginning of the work that we've done. Yeah. And then they get to come, oh, this is, this, this is the funnest, is they'll come and it's like, oh, Linda, this challenge came up and this is how I handled it. And they're so proud. It's like That's I was able, able to stay centered and I took care of myself and I said no and I didn't, and I didn't collapse into my usual insecurity that I go to. And, and, the, and the part that I love, 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 love is when people start to come into their own channeling, their own sensitivity. And that happened, yeah. more intuition, and they'll start saying, oh, I had this dream, and this is what I got from the dream, or this thing happened, and I, and I felt guidance just move me to say this, this, or that, or I'm like, yes. Now, imagine being in a difficult situation with, with uh, an adversity, somebody that's not agreeing with you, or somebody maybe overriding what you're sharing with his or her opinion, and, and there's a misunderstanding, and just imagine feeling that in your body. And maybe even out of intention, 
being equally excited. It's like, wow, like I'm feeling so frustrated with that person's divisiveness or, oh, I really don't feel understood. And notice what that feels like in the body. It's like, wow, isn't it amazing that I'm feeling so agitated right now? You know, from one to 10, how agitated do I feel? Oh, I'm at an eight. I'm feeling so adversarial. You know, the more you can hold space to that and feel that. And I say that with humility because it's my work too. I get to sit with this too. Mm -hmm. Well, what I find through my experience and that of my clients and people I know is the more we can do this, the more resourceful we are. Then we're not going to be so quick to defend or explain or justify or join the, the adversity. And we can step back and go and, and share what we observe. It's like, oh, I noticed that you're sharing your opinion with me. Your tone of voice seems really sharp and I'm noticing my chest is tight. And I'm feeling a little bit nervous here with you. And we can get, start being transparent and start naming what's going on. And think, think of how much that invites intimacy. And honesty and authenticity. I yeah. mean, in those moments, that's where, to me, imagine if humans just did that. If we all did that together, I mean, we are truly conditioned at this point. Like you said earlier, emotions, there are certain emotions you don't talk about, you don't share with each other. If anything, you're supposed to pretend they don't exist. Yeah. And I think for the betterment of people, the more honest we are with each other, the more real we get to be. Yeah, and dispel those myths. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm repressing an emotion, I start to feel pretty powerless. Yeah, I start to feel pretty controlled by a situation. And I start to kind of like, oh, what can I say? What am I supposed to say? And and then my boundaries get really porous. Yeah. I start to operate like I did as a kid. Uh, um, how am I supposed to behave so that I don't get reprimanded and so that I have a secure attachment here? And then my authenticity and my self-expression starts to compromise more and more and more. So to me, authenticity means now we're breaking out of those conditioned attachment styles that we've developed to, to cope. We're moving out of coping into thriving. Yeah. Exactly, sister. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess one of our, probably one of our last questions would be, for somebody that, I know at the start of this, we had talked about people who are diving into this whole world. Once they're ready to do some of the inner work, what's one of the first steps you take? I want to, my instinct is to say, it's a caution, actually, not to run after a fix or not run after trying to find like the, the, the perfect healer or the perfect counselor or the perfect, the person that's going to save you. Because then... You know, unbeknownst to the, you, you, you might end up being giving your power away to that person, right? Projecting the parent that yeah. you give your power away yeah. to. For me, it's to it's to be discerning. To slow, I, I'm all about slowing down and remembering mm -hmm. to breathe. And I, I I like the idea of kind of look, looking at what's the traffic signal here. If there's a red stop, red light or stop sign, let's stop. Take a moment to gather. Take a moment to get a sense of what feels right. For people that are considering a new counselor, or considering to work with somebody, do a consultation. Go ahead, take the time to feel into it and ask questions and get a sense of, is that person, the therapist, the healer, the, the doctor, like, is that person hearing you? Do, you? do you feel heard? Do you feel seen? 
Yeah, I think that's important. Great advice. Great yeah. advice. Especially because, like you said, I mean, that that is a big piece of this. Often people that are on this journey are feeling like they need to be healed. And so instead of kind of recognizing that that power is within you, they find somebody or attach themselves to somebody who maybe is going to heal them. But that's not always the case. You know, like they can be your guide and they can help you. But, but going after that fix, I, I totally hear that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going after that fix means that the person, you know, is operating out of the belief that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the healer, the therapist, the person, the practitioner that I, I pray they find is the person that sees that they're whole. And I'm so, I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky, really. The first counselor that I worked with saw that I was an intuitive and helped bring that out. She just saw me for me. And help me see myself. And then my mentor and second therapist that I work with, I mean, in my training, he, he helped me see we're all resourceful. We're all whole. There isn't a problem. And to be able to see the human being, as, it's not a problem, helps me let go of judgment, helps me uh, in my everyday life, helps me let go of the evaluating mind, the thought that somebody shouldn't be behaving the way they are, well, they should be behaving the way they are because they are. Well, Linda, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. And for our listeners, we'll be sure to tag you in everything. So if they want to check out your book, we can get a link to that. And just thank you so much for being unapologetically you. Yay. And thank you for being unapologetically you. We're so happy you joined us. And we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyyoupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at unapologeticallyyoupodcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.